I don't think I should be talking about the thing I was telling Eric before you logged on where Anita was watching <laughs> Comedy Central and uh, and she's watching like a repeat of Parks and Rec. Okay, I am talking about this now, sure. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and a commercial comes on, an infomercial type commercial for a a Democrat versus Republican chess set you can get for forty dollars. And like oh one side God. is hold up, hold up, hold up, yeah. hold up. It's only four dollars. Forty. Oh, I thought you said forty. What? Oh. I thought you said. Here's the best part. They show a screenshot from a from a chess set on Amazon.com, and I swear to God, they had the following line: "Most chess sets will cost you over seven hundred dollars." Like what? Oh, you can get one at Walmart the, for like ten bucks. Are you kidding me? What the shit? <laughs> On one side is like they have these like sculpted silver-looking models of like Trump and Pence and. What is it? Gorsuch and and um, all these uh, all these other people up against the Democrat side. I didn't even get to hear who they had on for their king and queen on that side. It was probably Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, or they were the knights. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. And they have yeah. it's like it's like bring bring the election to your home today. I'm like this is the last thing Americans want. F no, <laughs> F no. What? <laughs> and Nita's sitting there going, Why? What? what? And then right after this, this was followed by a Trump bear ad. You could buy a large teddy bear with like Trump hair on its head and like a like a suit. Oh. And <laughs> it's got like kids hugging, cuddling oh, it, and for... the guy has it in the back of his golf cart. <laughs> oh, for <sighs> who is this targeting? Who on who's watching Comedy Central and like who, who's the target audience from that channel who's like, yes, this is what I want to spend my money on? The far left and the far right. That's all they care about. <laughs> They're just like, you know what? Let's let's piss off both sides. <laughs> let's let's you you can buy this you can buy this nice cuddle version or this flammable version for your burning effigies. Like <laughs> <laughs> You had my curiosity, <laughs> but now you have Sorry. my interest. <laughs> However, if you go to gettrumpybear.com, it's the official website for a Trumpy Bear, <laughs> for, just, for just two easy payments of nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling. Yikes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. This is, this is, this is, is the, the worst timeline. Like, really and truly, it is the worst <laughs> timeline. Because I don't really know how to feel about that. Like, there's there's a part of you that's you're outraged, but you're not sure why you're outraged. But you realize it's because you're outraged about so many other things, and yet it's just a bear. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Geek and Spiel. This is episode twenty three. My name is Jacob. I'm Jeff, and I'm Eric, and we're here to talk at you about some uh, really interesting stuff. So, last weekend, Anita and I took one of our like annual or semi-annual trips to Orlando to check out the wonderful Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, specifically, Ooh. and um, and Disney. Disney World. I am so excited to hear about this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really am. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jacob. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be yes. 
I'm gonna be entirely I'm gonna be entirely honest. It's kind of a dick move, but I love it. That, no, that was amazing. Sorry, that was amazing. Dude. No, the, the, Jeff is totally right because there is there is probably nothing worse than talking about like than hearing about somebody else's fun trip that you didn't get to go on. Like yeah, that's, like that's totally true. The thing here is I'm not actually going to talk about about like the cool fun experience I had there, which by the way it was. So fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> Fantastic. You're welcome. <laughs> But uh, it's it's actually more to talk about the new Star Wars area, because that just opened up in Orlando at the end of August. You know, when you only live six hours drive away from Orlando, Florida, we like to go and check out these parks that we enjoy so much. And also, like, when, when things are, are open or new and it's a good timing, we like to go, like, try out the new things, which is hard for Jacob because he's not really a roller coaster guy, but he likes certain rides. So that's how it works out. So uh, we went. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So we went there Sorry. without Jeff, and uh, and we had a lot mm-hmm. of fun without Jeff. Womp womp. <laughs> so we, we we planned the whole trip out. We were going to go to Hollywood Studios, where they have the the Star Wars area, which is called uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And we were going to go on Monday, the day after Super Bowl, because all the stupid websites told us that would be the time of least amount of people in the park for that for the entire time we were there. It would be a good time to go. Alas, mm-hmm. it was not. It was not. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why what what actually happened uh, in a moment. But I wanted to talk about real quick the things we liked and didn't like about this place. Because first of all, they essentially carved out a whole section of Florida there and turned it into a Star Wars world. That is freaking awesome that they took basically a chunk of the state and just said this is star war <laughs> it kind of is here's you walk mo- in you're here's like some money go see a star war <laughs> <laughs> you kind of walk on it and you're like dude like am i under florida law or galactic federal like like imperial law right now because i don't know this is really intense it's well at that point you're under disney law you're under- <laughs> the yeah. mouth rules <laughs> You you walk into this area and it's just Star Wars. You're, you're they created this fictional outpost. It's all fictional, but I mean like a new fictional outpost called Black Spire, and you know it's Disney. They went hardcore. They actually released a book before its release about Black Spire so that they could like incorporate the area into the greater um, <laughs> canon, I guess, or something like that. Which is a lot of effort, but hey, I mean it's it's yeah. Disney and Star Wars. <laughs> That's actually really cool that they did that. I was kind of thinking of checking the book out. Yeah, they don't do things half-assed. No, they don't. Nothing's half-assed or halfway when it comes to Disney. And and you can tell that about this place. One of the things we liked, I put down first, is general atmosphere. Because you really feel like you're, you've paid money to go see a Star Wars. <laughs> it, no, it's just, it's just incredible. It looks like you're, you've stepped onto the set of a Star Wars movie. So one of the things we really liked is like they they recreated a cantina like and they call it Oga's Cantina and it's it's it it, it kind of combines a lot of different uh, elements from all the like cantinas you've seen in movies like the ones Moss Eisley and the one where I think uh, Obi Wan was offered death sticks maybe and mm-hmm. which, which which are delicious by the way they go down so smooth you do death sticks I mean don't you <laughs> no of course not the law requires that I answer no. 
<laughs> and they have these like crazy drinks there. So I ordered something called a fuzzy tauntaun and it has this foam on top that turns your mouth completely numb. And it was the weirdest experience. And I'm like, my God, what is this? And everyone who works there is so in character or else the mouse kills them. <laughs> she said, well, it's not for human consumption. It's for it's for other alien species. And I'm like, that's not an answer, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so we got to sit down in there and it was packed, but, but we had a really good time and, and just, just had some fun drinks that were, um, really cool. And the flavors were like all, all different and crazy and everything was star Wars related. Another cool thing about the area is that there's no Disney princesses walking around. There's no toy story characters in outfits. There are stormtroopers. There is a pair of them usually that walk all around the area and harass everybody in there. <laughs> that is awesome. They don't they don't stomp and take pictures. They don't do nothing. They come up to you and they start accusing you of doing something wrong <laughs> and giving you crap about <laughs> it. And we didn't get harassed, but we were kind of like sitting taking a break and they just kept coming up to people and like like there was a, a father and his son. They were dressed as, as like rebel, um, like uh, pilots from like the very early the original trilogy, and they had they took them yeah. away from everyone. They took them from their group and said, "You need to come with us." And they started giving them like a, a like a brow beating, like separate from everywhere. It was it was. It's really funny. It's like it's like there's this video that I've seen that somebody took there, and there's this guy, and I guess he has one of the lightsabers that you can make or whatever. Yes. And so the stormtroopers are walking past, and one of them goes, "If there's one Jedi left, it's not you." And the other one just goes, yes. "Affirmative." <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because, like, they they wow. definitely they definitely had to find people who either they had like a script ready or they just are so quick with their comments because they were hysterical. Which which is funny because you never you never yeah. never think that um like. The, the 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 simulated experience of living under a dictatorship would ever be humorous, but yet they somehow made it so. Why do we have to simulate it? Yeah. We're already there. <laughs> We're a little Trump air. It's it's probably a little bit of both of like having a script, but also like getting people that are that are uh, good at improv. It, it definitely, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And, and you have to be good because you're working with another person and you can't see their face or expression. And speaking of improv, you should check out uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's a really good improv show. On I have podcast. actually downloaded it because at your suggestion, I just not have listened to it yet. But I have I have it ready to listen to. So I have a feeling that they take a lot from people like that, from like the uh, who have been working improv a lot there. Yeah. So continue with your Star War. There were reports over the summer because they opened up the one in Disneyland first. The uh, they have they have a Galaxy's Edge in both Disney World and Disneyland, and they had to actually mm -hmm. let people go and fire them from the 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 uh, the California one, Disneyland, because people weren't coming to the park. Oof! And they didn't understand why oh, they had no. just opened it up. They're like, "Why is nobody here?" And so one of the things that happened is nobody wanted to come because they thought it was going to be packed, and they would wait till later. So nobody, so they, like nobody, showed up. Also, there's oh, only no. one. There's only one ride, and now there's two. But that's part of the issue. I'm going to get to in a second. But there's only one active attraction at both places. So people were like, "Okay, I did that." Like other than shopping and eating, now what else is there to do here? Oof. 
the ride they have is called Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. It is right in front of a giant Millennium Falcon sitting right there. And there's multiple ships, by the way, sitting around the area. So it's not just the Millennium Falcon. It's very impressive. Oh, that's awesome. You line up all around it. And I waited for we, we did this one ride uh, three times. <laughs> You you get on and you actually before you board the ride after you wait online forever and a day you you're in the actual Millennium Falcon it's really cool and you're you're in the section where they have the little alien chess set and everything and uh, oh. they they put you in groups of six and they make two people the pilots two people uh, the weapons people and two people the engineers and you sit. Uh, uh, two like two to a pair going all the way back and you are sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and there's a big screen kind of in there and the pilots actually move the ship through this like 3D sort of um, experience and the weapons people like will have to push the buttons to like fire at ships and the engineers have to keep pushing buttons on both sides of you to repair damage and shoot harpoons because you're essentially trying to smuggle some what was it coax- coaxial stuff or something like that which was from one of the Star Wars things. I don't know. The entire thing is hosted by a character named Hondo Onaka, who was in the Clone Wars TV show. And uh, he was voiced by Jim Cummings, who does like Winnie the Pooh and every other Disney voice in the world. And uh, and ha- there's a really cool animatronic in there of him. And he's in there. And if you do really well, he's like, good job, you guys. You made Chewbacca proud and everything's great. And screw the First Order. And if, if you do poorly, he's like, he's like, that could have gone better. Everything here sucks. And since we did it three times, like if you have some competent pilots, you're like flying around, you're shooting everything you got to do. It's actually really cool. But if you're if you have incompetent pilots like Anita and I did in our first time in, which involved a little boy who was too small to understand what was going on. And his grandfather, who was too old to understand what was going on. Oh, and their, no. And their very angry dad sitting behind them in the weapons section saying, like, move to the left. Pull up. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, just, no. you, just get knocked, you get knocked around the whole time and you're actually like feeling yourself get knocked up against the stuff that you're doing it's a very impressive ride it hurts uh, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so that dude, was uh that was an interesting interesting experience that's um, awesome it reminds me of the uh, original uh mars flight one that was in epcot oh i've never of. done that no, that one was actually pretty cool. It had Gary Sinise uh, narrating. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's kind of the same thing where you have each of you are each uh, given a section. And I I guess what it is is that this was kind of the uh, evolution of it, which is actually really cool. That seems to be that's probably exactly what it is. Uh, and we did the ride three times and each time we've got engineers. So we never got to be the other the other things. Boo. Yeah. Uh, so that's stuff we liked. I want to talk <laughs> really briefly about our experience with the stuff we didn't like. And uh, I'm going to quickly say that everything here is a sequels uh, approach. All the stormtroopers are dressed as the ones from the, the sequels. first order. Yeah, they're all first order. Uh, there's like little shows they do on where Kylo Ren comes down and messes with you. He comes off of his X-Wing It's uh, or whatever ship he's that's there. I forget what it is. TIE Fighter. He has, it's either his TIE fighter or one of the other transport ships the First Order uses. I forget what's there. I think it's the TIE fighter. And mm-hmm. uh, um, and there's a big, like, First Order flag in one section. And, uh, and, and you remember Star Tours? Yeah, of course. 
they still have it. It's still in a different section, which is which is funny. And we went on that too, and they changed all the stuff in there, like in the actual ride, to all sequel stuff. So first order and all that nonsense. And uh, yeah, and they just changed a lot of it. And I'm like, no, yeah, my childhood. It, I know it's kind. It kind of hurts, and I get why they did this because it is the most. It is the newest property, and it's the stuff that all like the younger kids are are watching and enjoying and liking, and so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, where's the respect for like the OG stuff here? You like, where's yeah. where's the Darth Vader things? Where's the, you know, the Luke and Leia and Han and stuff? I mean, there's always going to be Chewie and Yoda crap. That's just how it is. Yep. But you know, there's there's it's all it's all BB-8s. Where's my R2D2? You fools! Get off my lawn. <laughs> Also, they have these things where you can where you can make your own lightsaber piece by piece, and where you can make your own droid piece by piece. With, and those are two hundred and one hundred dollars respectively. So no, thank you. F that! Wow, no, I I would freaking love to do that. No. But wow, that is expensive. And the problem is, from what I understand, you can't have a a purple lightsaber. Like Samuel L. Motherfucker Jackson. That's probably his contract. It can't <laughs> exist outside of outside of him and him alone. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, if you're spending two hundred dollars, you should be able to get a purple lightsaber. You should be able to get any color you want. But I don't think that's the case. But Disney, alas, yeah. does not give a fuck about you or your wants. No, all they cares about is my precious, precious money. Did the lightsabers look to be high quality, or is it like the ones that you can get in the? Uh... Like uh, Toys R Us, rest in no, peace. No, they, they did sell the like crappy versions too for cheaper, like everywhere else. But these looked like they mm. were. The, I don't know if they were high quality because I didn't get a good look at them. But the way they were showing off the pieces and everything, like as if you were buying jewelry, like you couldn't just you didn't just dip into like a big pile of them and pull one out. And we saw people around the park with them. They had like special bags for them, like a like a large Ooh. case you like put over your shoulder and whatnot. So. You know, because you can't, they're not collapsible. So, yeah, walking around with these giant lightsaber things. And I'm like, there's a guy who's out 200 bucks, and there's, oh, plus tax. <laughs> I've seen like the, uh, like the ones with the, like the, uh, hard, like fiberglass, uh, blades. So I think that makes it more worth the $200 because you're getting something that's, a highly customizable mm-hmm. and B really good quality. So Yeah, but the thing yeah. is for the same price online you can and it's not, you know, Disney official, whatever the bullshit, you can make one that's like whatever you want it to be and not just like because I've watched a video of people going in and doing it. It's like you choose basically whatever thing. They give you a tray of parts and you have like two or three parts for every part of the lightsaber to pick from. Whereas if you go and do one, I've seen a couple of sites online, it's like, I want this, I want this, I want this, and I have like a bunch of different options. If they were able to do double-bladed lightsabers, I would totally be down for that. I would spend that $200. <laughs> uh, so there's a, if you want to check out more, I just, I just found a Polygon article called Building a Custom Lightsaber at Star Wars Land Blends a Drug Deal with a Religious Experience. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I, I'm, a 
on a level with you, sometimes it'd just be like that. <laughs> Skilled death. <laughs> Sorry about that, I'm dying. Oh my god. I'm not going to fault you for wanting to do this. If you have the money and this is something you want, totally go for it, but... I I can't justify that that cost. Yeah, so. I can't I can't justify spending a hundred dollars to get into Disney World and then spending another two hundred on a piece of plastic and metal. Like, oh, you fool! You thought it was a hundred dollars for us to get in there? Please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what discount sale you found. I wish I found that. Oh my god! I don't know. It's such a it's it costs an arm and leg to get in there, and then everything costs money, and even the free things cost money. Oh jeez. God damn you, Walt Disney! You and your cryogenically frozen head. That <laughs> I need to talk about the the whole reason I'm bringing this up, and that was our experience getting on the brand new ride, which is called Rise of the Resistance. I was doing some research on this ride because it is supposed to be the greatest theme park attraction ever made, and it's supposed to beat out like if you've ever done the um, Forbidden Journey at Hogwarts type ride, like. Uh, that one's that one's crazy impressive, and it does a bunch of unique stuff no ride has ever done before. And they keep pushing the envelopes with each other, which is great because I like that both of these parks are competing. So they created Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which, according to a person who works there, told me it is 18 minutes long. That's how long this ride is. It's It's not just a ride. It is also an experience. You actually spend a lot of it walking through some areas, watching some, like, screens and... And things like that. And I'm not going to give anything that actually happens in it away because it's really cool and you should go in with a open mind. I will just let you know that they seem to have gotten every single original cast member from the sequels in there, which I think is pretty impressive. Like you've got your 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 Finn and your Poe and your Ray and your and your Kylo Ren and your um uh your your General Hux and it's all it's all fantastic. Oh, yeah. So so here's the issue with the ride. They understood it was going to be popular. So they're like, how do we keep large amounts of crowds from getting you here? I know we're going to try this new system where you have to get into the park, open up your Disney app and then check in. And if you're checked in, you'll get a boarding pass number and then they will call the numbers throughout the day and they'll show you which ones they're calling. And you have about an hour to two hours to get there before you lose your spot. So here's how that works. You have to be in the park physically. You have to have checked in and you have to have everyone in your party there and you have to do it. So you can't just go to the to the <laughs> to the parking lot and hope that you're you're technically part of it. You can't go by yourself and check everyone in. You, everyone has to be in there. And so what this means wow. is the park opens at seven and they were opening it a half hour early just for this. So Anita and I got our asses up at like five something in the morning to get ourselves there at like six fifteen. We we're like, this is going to be great. There's not going to be many people. We'll get on early and get out of there. No, there were, must have been a thousand other idiots out there freezing their butts off, waiting to just get in. So we got on this line. We're, 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 we're exhausted. <laughs> we're hungry. We're freezing because it was cold that morning. And now we're sitting around in the dark <laughs> waiting for seven o'clock to come so we can push a damn button on our phone. Us and a thousand other dum-dums that finally comes up. I open it up and the app's not working and it gives me three other errors as I'm trying to check in. And we're like, no. And I realized that if we, uh, if we don't get this, if we got up this early for this and we don't get this, then I think I might just die. Yeah. Like, just think about that. And so we, I finally get in, we get boarding group 78 and guess what? Everything after number like 62 is, is technically like a waiting list. 
So Oh mother <laughs> So we're like, no, we're gonna make the best of this and we're gonna we're gonna rock this place real hard, which we did. We did all the, the cool stuff in Toy Story World, then we went to Star Wars and spent literally like the rest of the time there, waiting for our number to get called up. And we've been there since like six thirty. We finally get called for this ride at three seventeen PM. And we're like Finally, we're, we're tired, oh. we're exhausted, we're now hot because it went from cold to hot out, and we work our way there, and we get in line, and we go through like halfway through the experience, and we get to the part right before we're about to get on the actual ride part where you're like in a, in a, in a moving vehicle, and they're like, oh, hold on, there's an error, we have to delay this for a second, and everyone just sits down and waits, Anita actually falls asleep for a little bit, and... Then they're like, sorry, oh. we have to evacuate you from the ride. We have the, 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 the errors are too much. To, we have to actually, it's going to take a while to fix it. And we're like, no. Oh, <laughs> son of a. They gave us a fast pass and they said, check when the numbers start going up again and you can just come right back on. So we, we did a bunch of stuff for like an hour to an hour and a half. We saw that it was moving and we were like, yeah. And we jumped back on there and we finally did the whole thing. And it was really super cool. But we got off of that going, that that wasn't worth a 12-hour wait. <laughs> Aww. I would have waited, like, I would have waited an hour and a half, maybe even two hours for that experience, like, waiting online. I did not want to sit around a park for 12 hours just for this one thing. So that was, that was very stressful. <laughs> but that was our experience uh, going, going to the Star Wars land. Oh, also, they have a stand where you can get frozen blue milk and green milk, and that was very tasty. With alcohol, if you want, not for younglings. No. Eh. So that was our that was our fun experience. Um, yeah, my feet still hurt, and it's been like a week later. Uh, so muffin. <laughs> who do we want to move on to next? Who wants to engage me, us me, with some fun? Me, stuff? me. All right, so Eric. Me, no, me, um, me. Uh, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for show and tell? So for show and tell, I have. A new uh, Steam, well, new to me, Steam game called Dicey Dungeons. Let me guess, there are dice and there are dungeons. Yes. Mystery solved. And because I'm prepared for it and totally not looking for it right now online and looking for the search online to see who who made it and everything. Jeff, are you talking about the roguelike deck building game developed by Irish game designer Terry Cavanaugh? Why, yes, I am. Like Jacob said, it's a roguelike a dungeon crawler so it's a combination push your luck dice game and uh deck builder where you get to build all the equipment that you have available to you the whole entire story is is that you play as multiple different classes who are your kind of your typical things your warriors your uh, uh witches your rogue your robot <laughs> and there's, I think there's even a, a uh, quote-unquote nerd role, but each one has their own kind of unique initial setup, and you're all part of this kind of game show where you're trying to win your heart's greatest desire, and there's this woman, uh, Lady Luck, who runs this game show, and... Uh, she says that they're barely veiled, that there are consequences if you fail. We're not sure what those consequences are, because if you do lose, you just get a game over screen. <laughs> but I'm assuming that you join the in a, inanimate dice that you roll uh, through the dungeon. 
it's a really fun game. I've been playing it a lot and just got to say that it's really it's a really cool one and I highly recommend it cuz it's turn-based. You roll a bunch of dice. You assign those dice to the attacks and equipment that you have. Sometimes they're repeatable, sometimes they're not, but really overall it's fun, it's addictive. I may or may not have been playing it at lunch at work a lot a lot a lot looks like it's for you can get it uh, on steam and windows and mac and and linux but it says there's a switch version coming out in 2020 oh (laughs) so my switch is going to be problematic so my switch is going to become a slay the spire and dicey dungeon game (laughs) uh game console got it jeff what about animal crossing who cares about those? I have Slay the Spire and Dicey Dungeons. That's all I need. <laughs> but Jeff, Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's all I need, Eric. Jeff, haven't you heard? The animals now have sleeves. Do they? <laughs> Apparently. What? That was a huge deal. <laughs> I've heard the Animal Crossing fan base is so hungry for news on this game that they're like latching on to every single like detail that's late that's possibly leaked. All I all I really care about oh, is I'm gonna get the game, I'm gonna walk around and make friends with the little animals and catch bugs and shit. So, you know. <laughs> Animal Crossing. Jeff, there is a thing on the Wikipedia page that says that Dicey Dungeons is a good introduction into roguelike deck building games. My question for you is how are there other ones besides Slay the Spire? Those are the only two that I'm aware of. Because uh, I think there are more, but Slay the Spire and this one, at least to me, are the most prevalent of them. And like the others are kind of like, oh, hey, this is something. <laughs> but I've fine. never actually really looked into more th- the others. Because all I need is Slay the Spire and Dicey Dungeons. <laughs> I think I'm going to check this out when it comes out on Switch. Nice. So for the next 20 episodes, I will be talking about either Slay the Spire (laughs) or Dicey Dungeons. We're going to to slowly start releasing these without you. And you're going to be like, what what, what happened? And I'm going to be like, well, this has been your fourth week talking about Dicey Spires or Slay the Dungeon. And uh, (laughs) we can't can't take it anymore, Jeff. We we just freaking can't. But, but... Slay the Spire. <laughs> we, we, we know. I don't, I don't fault you, though. That game is super addicting. Yeah, and I'm totally not scratching my neck right now, waiting for my next fix. <laughs> I was wondering what that sound was. <laughs> you, need, you need professional help, friend. <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, speaking of professional help, uh, when when you need something stolen... When you need cars raced, or when you need international terrorists to be thwarted by a group of essentially low lives, well, who, who are you going to call for that kind of thing, Eric? T- tell us what. Tell us about your topic today. <laughs> well, apparently you call fucking Vin Diesel. I know <laughs> we spoke a little bit about this yesterday at D and D, but I wanted to have this because I know we we had the episode a while ago. Uh, where you talked about you and Anita were watching all the Fast and Furious movies because there was the one with The Rock coming out and, and all that. So, please, can somebody tell me why in a movie where Vin Diesel is talking about family every two seconds, it takes to get to the ninth movie before we find out that John Cena is his brother? Can anybody answer this? 
it's because something something movie stuff. The correct answer is because it's John Cena and you can't see him. Yeah. No one can see him. No one saw him. But like I, I don't know. I was I saw the trailer for this last week and I figured that this would be interesting because I just want to know what everybody thinks about that. Well, let me tell you something. Last night we finally watched uh, Fate of the Furious, which has been sitting on our DVR for a while now. <laughs> Don't to, spoil it for me, please. I I won't, because here's the thing: there are huge spoilers in that movie, and uh, like 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 actual big plot stuff happens that I don't want to get into. It's funny because there's one big thing about it, and then the rest of it is is just it's it's okay. Anita and I actually started laughing for like most of the movie because it's so over the top. She described it as a live action cartoon. The movie just <laughs> they they and so what is what is it what is it? A friend of mine said we were talking about it last night, and we said um, <laughs> like Dom, what about physics? And Dom goes, I don't need physics. I got family. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Which is not a line, but like that you'd think it would be because there's so much stuff that's just impossible happening. And afterwards, we watched that trailer together, and I think the thing that bothered me the most about the trailer for for Fanine of the Fate of the Furious or whatever it is. Fast Nine, uh, is that John Cena's character is named Jacob. <laughs> that really bothers me. I don't know. The thing that bothers me most is, um, so I know Jeff, you said you haven't watched which one's like seven yet. Correct. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen seven or eight yet. Okay, but you have seen Tokyo Drift, right? Yes, of course. So you know the. the... Oh yeah, no, I know, I know that. Uh, I only saw the trailer, and that is spoiled. Okay. It's not really spoiled when we put it in the trailer. Yeah. Can can somebody explain how do how do he come back from not from being not alive? Because don't know. Something something movie magic. No, mm-hmm. it's family. Something 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 <laughs> something something popular character wants to bring it back, so they recon it. Family brought him back to us. And also, are they ever going to bring back the dumb hit kid from Tokyo Drift? Because like, apparently he's in it. Oh, is he? Okay. D- didn't Jason Statham kill what's his face? Or I don't know. I think oh, so. Yeah. I don't know what's a spoiler anymore. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's just it's the worst timeline because none of it makes sense anymore. <laughs> Stop. We went sense. we went from from tube TVs and DVD players to stopping nukes and now apparently resurrecting the dead. <laughs> Fast and Furious 9 Necromancy Edition. <laughs> it's sad uh, because it's true. That's all I've got to really say. I was shocked when Fate of the Furious started with an actual car race. I was <laughs> I was confused for a second. Um, when does that come out? Uh, sometime over the summer. I don't know. I have uh, both 7 and 8 on my uh, Amazon Prime queue, so probably going to just marathon them today after this. So then I can see John Cena. So I can not see John Cena <laughs> do uh, bad guy stuff. And just to point this out, in pro wrestling, he started out as a heel. He went to a face and never went back to a heel. This is going to be the first time of him playing something other than a good guy yeah. in like 20 fucking years. Isn't isn't like his whole spiel to be like a wholesome isn't his whole thing to be like the wholesome all-American guy like isn't 
Also, in, like, reality, hasn't he done, like, the most, like, make-a-wish visits of any other person on Earth or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They also had a Scooby-Doo movie that had him. What? Yeah, and it's just like... Oh, you didn't know about this? No, I didn't. Oh, what? Wait. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Okay, you, you, you need to tell me, what, what, what yeah. are we talking about? What is this? <laughs> WWE and, Re- and uh, Scooby-Doo had a crossover where they visited a set of the WWE. I never watched it myself, but it had like a lot of the wrestlers, like Rey Mysterio, John Cena, uh, Undertaker, I think. Yeah, like they had a bunch of like uh, iconic wrestlers voice acting in it. Isn't the Undertaker like eighty years old? Probably. I don't know how old he is, but I know that I respect him. <laughs> it's out of fear. Yeah. I respect him out of fear. Anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, not really. No. Slay the Spire, right? No, all right. Yeah. So we'll catch you Aww. all next time here <laughs> on Geek and Spiel Podcast. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jeff. I'm, <laughs> I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.